Good morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Follow me on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show over there as well at Big Ten MM. It is Monday, July 6th, 2020, and I hope you had a fantastic and safe July 4th weekend. I certainly did. It was a great time to try and see some family and friends again. I hope you social distanced, wore your mask, etc. But most importantly, I hope you had a great time and stayed safe. And let's get right into it because this weekend is typically a weekend where you see a lot of commitments, a lot of guys like to announce over the 4th of July. And although it was a little bit more quiet on the recruiting trail than you would expect than other 4th of Julys that we've seen previously, it was still a solid weekend with one guy who ultimately ended up committing to a different program, which is going to shape the college football world. And I'll get into that in just a moment, but we'll start off with the commits as the biggest one of the weekend goes to Nebraska, going out into the Lone Star State, grabbing wide receiver Latrell Neville. Neville is 6'3", 195 pounds, and I love the frame. That is absolutely perfect, what you're looking for in a wide receiver. And when I was looking at Neville's player page, I was absolutely shocked because the young man is ranked as a three-star player. But I'm going to list you off his offer list. And you're going to say, how is this guy at least minimum not a four-star? Because he's got Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama, Georgia, Auburn, Florida, LSU. Let's be real here. Neville is a big-time player. And... This is a huge get for Scott Frost, a huge get. He needs difference makers like Neville on his team. And I think this is a, a, a big-time get because a guy like this who comes in, again, and I love the fact that he's from Texas. I'm, if you've listened to the podcast, you know I'm, I'm big on the guys from the traditional high school football states. I think those players typically have an easier time transitioning into major college football and contributing early, especially when you look at the landscape of college football. Now, true freshmen come in and, and some of you, you wouldn't say you have to be ready, but a lot of them are more ready than they used to be 10, 15 years ago. The game has changed. The players get more exposure. They get better coaching and they come in more prepared. So I expect Neville to come in and to really do a good job. I think that this is a huge pickup for Scott Frost and Nebraska, and uh, they beat a ton of good schools out for Neville's commitment. Michigan State went to New Jersey and added tight end Jake Renda. Renda, 6'5", 230 pounds. His recruitment just started to heat up with the Spartans. Uh, this one picked up pretty quick. Uh, an offer just a few weeks ago, and Renda didn't waste any time. 6'5", 230 pounds. Uh, he uh, offered list not as exciting as Neville's. Uh, just major offers from Power 5 schools was Arizona and Boston College. And then you're looking at a bunch of Mac schools as well. So uh, Mel Tucker, I think, has done a, a pretty solid job on the recruiting trail. I think this is a decent ad for his team. And I think going forward, I think Mel Tucker, over the course of time, once Michigan State actually gets on the field and they see some marked improvement over the last couple of years, 
compared to the tenure of Mark D'Antonio. I think they'll be able to start recruiting at a little bit higher level. I know D'Antonio was more of a regional recruiter. He really didn't go out too much and, and find those other guys uh, across the country. But uh, I think Mel Tucker's going to bring in a, a little bit of different philosophy, and he's going to go a little bit more national. I, I mean, it's not a super na- – Michigan State's not a super national name. You're not going to go in, into everybody's – living room and be like oh yeah michigan state it's it doesn't have the you know the the spotlight like say you know some of the big schools in the conference ohio state michigan penn state and then and you know like neville had you know you're looking at your alabama's georgia's auburn's florida's lsu's it's not quite like that but they can get there i think that they're a program that has that capability they've won big 10 titles recently they've they're the only other team aside from Ohio State to compete in a college football playoff game. So it's there. The, the possibilities are definitely right there for Michigan State, and they've got a good enough facilities and good enough um, you know, schedule that, that backs it with, the, of course, the, the Big Ten being strong pretty much every year. I wouldn't say they're a sleeping giant because I think that they're not sleeping quite yet. I think they're a, a snoozing giant. Uh, they've hit snooze on a couple of seasons, and they could get back into it, but I don't think it's going to be right away. I think Mel Tucker's got a little bit of work, but the addition of Jake Renda is going to help with that rebuild over there in East Lansing. So I teased you a little bit on the commitment that a Big Ten team missed out on, and that was star quarterback Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams the last weekend, the past weekend before, was the MVP of the Elite 11 camp. And if you don't know what the Elite 11 camp is, it is a gathering of about 20 to 24 quarterbacks, and they go through drills for three days, and it is usually a bunch of the best quarterbacks across the country you've got Michigan commit uh, JJ McCarthy he was one of the participants so look it's a high level camp and unfortunately for Maryland uh, Williams from the DC area he had Maryland in his final three Uh, I I think everyone assumed that Williams was going to go to Oklahoma but uh, for Mike Locks to at least be in it and to be at the table, I think that's impressive. But you know, second is second place is like uh, first place and last. So it it's just it's unfortunate. I, I didn't actually think that Williams was actually going to go to Maryland when you looked at at his offers, and then when he came out with his final schools, it just didn't it didn't make sense to for him to to go to a program like that. I mean, Lincoln Riley's got that. Oklahoma program running especially with quarterbacks I mean Caleb Williams will come onto campus and most likely sit a year while Spencer Rattler who is going to take over this year uh, I'm not sure if Rattler redshirted last year or not but Rattler was one of the best quarterbacks coming out of high school the previous year Uh, obviously uh, had to sit behind a couple of impressive uh, Jalen Hurts who is very impressive uh, to hold him off for the starting job but nevertheless uh, you know, Caleb Williams is going to go to a, a, a quarterback factory uh, you're looking at 
everything that Lincoln Riley has done for the position. You've got Kyler Murray. You've got Baker Mayfield. Uh, you have to – I mean, Jalen Hurts, although he wasn't uh, 100% an Oklahoma product, uh, obviously spending some time at Alabama previous to transferring to Oklahoma, th there's still uh, – you know, he did wonders with Hurts, and Hurts ultimately got drafted into the NFL by the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe it was the third round. So there's – there's a lot going for Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, and that, that makes sense as to why Caleb Williams would commit to him. But it's just unfortunate for Maryland uh, that they miss out on a, a high-level quarterback prospect because that's how you take your program to that next level. You get that high-level quarterback. And unfortunately for Mike Loxley and the Terrapins, they're missing out on Caleb Williams. In no shocker over here, Urban Meyer was named the Big Ten Network's Coach of the Decade, the only coach to have a national title on his resume over the last 10 years. And on top of that, uh, Urban Meyer was just absolutely fantastic during his tenure as the Buckeyes coach. So no shock there. Uh, there are there's not really a debate, to be honest with you. Uh, you really can't look at another team and say, hey, they did well. Uh, I, I mean, Wisconsin early on in the uh, in the two 2010s, uh, they had a little run of, of three consecutive Big Ten championships. But that just pales in comparison to what Urban Meyer did uh, when he took over. I believe it was 2012, and just pretty much dominated the decade inside the Big Ten. Uh, just, I think it was 26 straight wins for him. Uh, you know, they, the first year in 2012, they went undefeated, unfortunately, for the Buckeyes. They were unable to get into the college, uh, um, the, the, the BCS, it was back then, uh, due to a bowl game restriction for that season being ineligible due to uh, you know the, the discretions of Jim Trussell previously so uh, it's unfortunate but uh, Urban Meyer came in and just straight up dominated the Big Ten and so that one's not a surprise at all so looking at the national landscape of things uh, another school shuts things down Boise State shut it down last week Kansas is shutting it down over the weekend they shut it down on I believe it was Friday, which was the third. Voluntary workouts are done for the Jayhawks. 16 of their athletes tested positive for the COVID-19, including 12 on the football team. So uh, a little bit concerning there, but uh, you know I think it's smart. If Kansas doesn't feel like they have a safe space for these athletes, it makes sense. Go ahead, close it up. Uh, let's hope that you know, they can get it under control, and when the – non-voluntary workouts when the mandatory workouts start happening then uh, you know you, you'd hope that they have it under control so that's 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 the one thing that they have the saving grace is they have a little bit more time but time is running thin uh, we're just about 60 days away from the start of the season and and, and teams are going to have to start cranking it up if they expect that there's going to be a football season in the fall. Uh, you're, you're looking at, uh, we're going to go back to Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley spoke on Friday, and, and he believes that you know it's 100% capable to have a season in the spring. I know that that's, you know, Nancy Barber came out last week and for the Penn State Athletic Director, and she said that they don't want to have a season in the fall. I'm, I'm sorry, in the spring. They would much rather have it in the fall. 
and I agree with her, but you know what? If needed be, if they need to push football back so they can actually get fans in the stands and make that revenue, because that's that's the biggest thing for college athletic departments right now is there's a lot of budget cuts, especially when you look across the nation. They're having to fork up money to pay for these COVID-19 tests, so that's a big weight on their shoulders. So uh, it's unfortunate, but when you when you think about it, uh, you know Lincoln Riley might have a point. If needed, be having football in the fall might make a lot of sense, especially if you can get the fans back in the stands, feel safe about it, and get that revenue coming back. So I, I'm not uh, I'm not necessarily jumping on board with that whole situation, but it's definitely an option. I think Lincoln Riley is right. I think that completely tossing it away uh, and, you know, Nancy Barber said it was the last-ditch effort, but uh, I think that you need to at least have a a plan in place, uh, just like the Ivy League has done. You you might need to have a plan in place in order to, you know, just make sure. It, It does not hurt all right let's update the recruiting rankings for the teams according to the 247 sports composite ohio state is still tops in the country with 18 commits the second school inside the top 10 would be the wolverines they are eighth overall with 19 commits you've got wisconsin at 13th overall with 15 commits Iowa as 15th with 17 commits. Maryland staying strong, 17 commits. I'm sorry, 17th overall with 16 commits. Minnesota, the Golden Gophers, are 18th right behind them with 15 commits. And then here's the shocker right here. You got Scarlet Knights of Rutgers, 24th overall with 21 commits. A couple spots behind them is Penn State at 26 with 12 commits. You have to expect Penn State to make that leap over Rutgers at some point in time uh, when you look at the amount of commits compared to each other a six less for Penn State you expect that when they get the same amount of commits that their class will be much higher you've got the Northwestern Wildcats they are 36 overall with 13 commits the Cornhuskers with their addition of their wide receiver Nelville this weekend jumps them up to 40th overall with 11 commits. Like I said, I am very high on Neville. I think that he will be a big-time player for Scott Frost and the Cornhuskers, big time. Indiana, they are 57th overall with 10 commits with the addition of Jake Renda. Michigan State checks in right behind Indiana at 58th with 12 commits. You've got the Fighting Illini, not in the basement anymore, 62nd overall in the country, 10 commits. And then the Purdue Boilermakers, they are the final team inside the Big Ten, and they are 63rd right behind the Fighting Illini. They have nine commits. They're going to, you know, Jeff Brown's going to have to really speed things up here and, and, and make things work on that side of things all right let's move on to some basketball notes as well as just this morning literally while i was just getting everything ready and double checking to make sure nothing else happened michigan grabbed a commit from minnesota power forward will shedder shedder is 6'8 225 pounds a solid offer list as well as he had offers from arkansas minnesota iowa nebraska now 
Jawan Howard, that that's and, and I'm going to continue to harp on this is that that was something the recruiting is something that Jawan Howard uh, really needed to focus on and do because he really hadn't done that with his experience with the Miami Heat prior to coming over to Michigan to replace John Beeline. So uh, what he's done on the recruiting trail has very much been a, a, a surprise to me. Um, it's unfortunate that Isaiah Todd, the prize recruit from last year's class, uh, decided that he was going to forego his collegiate experience and uh, go professional. Now, that's that's just the nature of the game at this point in time. You would love it to see that, that Todd would have made it to campus, but you know, pretty much what Todd was saying is he thinks he's a one-and-done player anyway, so I'm not sure you would have seen much of Isaiah Todd in the Michigan uniform aside from this one season. But uh, it, unfortunate nevertheless, but hey, you know what? If you need to make a change and go after some guys that are potentially a little, you know, less highly ranked like Shedder is, Shedder's, I'd say, about a top 150 type of prospect, then I guess you have to change your recruiting philosophy just a little bit. Maybe, you know, mix in a couple of the smaller level prospects with a bunch of higher level prospects, you know, just kind of as an insurance plan. It, it makes sense when, when you see guys like, you know, like I said, I, Isaiah Todd is doing it. Um, you know, Mature Maker made a, a decision that he was going to go to Howard. Everyone's questioning Imani Bates's decision with Michigan State as if Bates won't even end up making it to East Lansing, but just just committing so that he could say he would have been a Spartan. We'll see what Bates does. He's just a, an absolute phenomenal talent. Um, but, you know, when his time to come is to get onto the campus of Michigan State, uh, who knows if the NBA will reopen the idea that high school seniors can be drafted again who who really knows I, I think that there could be a possibility that happens but you know we'll see uh, you know if Bates even ends up you know some of these guys like Todd who you know, commit and then decide you know what uh, they're going to go professional ranks instead so we'll see about that but uh, regardless uh, Michigan getting a solid player in Minnesota, power forward Will Shetter. 247 Sports updated their way too early top 25, and there's a couple of Big Ten teams on there at the bottom of this list, and not quite at the bottom, but pretty close. Indiana at 24th overall. You've got the Buckeyes at 16th. Spartans are at 11th. The Badgers are 9th, and the Iowa Hawkeyes, they are 5th, and I think that a lot of that is surrounding the idea that Luca Garza most likely will return to Iowa City for his senior year. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site over there as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great Monday, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.